Welcome to Genuine Humans, exploring the stories behind the great marketing leaders of our time and hearing how their journeys have influenced the brands they've built. Brought to you by The Social Element, here are our hosts, Tamara Littleton, CEO and founder, and Wendy Christie, Chief People Officer. Welcome back to Genuine Humans, and I am delighted to be here with Wendy Christie as my fabulous co-host. Wendy, how are you doing? Love that intro. I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, looking forward to having a week off next week, doing a bit of spring cleaning, which sounds boring, but I'm strangely excited about it. But super excited to be here with Claire as well. How are you doing? I'm really, really good. Thank you, Wendy and Tamara. Delighted to be with you both today. Yes, yeah, so we are here with Claire Corazan, who is the founder and director of Imagine Beyond, an amazing consultancy. Well, in fact, I'm not going to sort of describe the, the company. Claire, can you just share what it is that you do at Imagine Beyond and also how you came to build it? Thank you, Tamara. Yes, love to. So, at Imagine Beyond, I work with leaders, managers to help people to imagine beyond their current reality. What that means is a number of different things. So leadership workshops, I often work with newly formed leadership teams, helping them to really get cohesive, to form trust around workshops. I do coaching and mentoring and consulting as well. Fantastic. I love that. And can you kind of delve back a little bit further? Just share about your your career. How did you get to where you are now? Yes. Well, I guess if I think about how Imagine Beyond came about, 2019 was a real pivotal year for me. I had a really interesting conversation with my coach at the time. She asked me a very challenging question. How would you feel if you had your own business? And I remember my response to that question. I felt like I had a visceral reaction in my body that was absolutely yes. You know, having always worked in very entrepreneurial businesses with entrepreneurial leaders in creative, innovative environments, that was the year for me where I stepped into the space of bringing Imagine Beyond um, into the world. And I remember after that conversation, literally having to go outside and just calm down for a few (laughs) minutes because I was so excited about the possibility of creating my own business and what that could mean. And if I take it all the way back to my formative, my early years, I grew up in a quite a creative household. Throughout my career, I've always combined creativity, technology and innovation and people. That's kind of been the thread that that runs through it all. But I come from uh, quite a diverse family. So my mum is Italian. My dad is Polish, was a business owner. So was my grandfather on, on my Polish side. So very passionate, creative, entrepreneurial environment. And I was very musical as a child, played lots of instruments and toured Europe with my school um, as a solo clarinetist of our of our band. And I remember 
when I was eight years old, my dad bought home an Atari games console. And me and my sister, my younger sister, just fell in love playing playing with that uh, over weekends and over summer holidays. And that really began my influence around a curiosity for technology, but also um, bringing into it my passion for creativity as well. And if I fast forward to my sort of um, adolescence, around the time of age 14, 15, my curiosity to understand people and why we do the things that we do also came into play then. And when I did some study around neuroscience a number of years ago now, what I learned was that at that time, the brain is really starting to develop much more profoundly, the prefrontal cortex, the executive functioning part of the brain, to be able to understand space, time, observing and reflecting our behaviours. And that really began the journey of my curiosity to understand why we do the things that we do. And that has been the common thread that has run through my entire adult life from, from that point. So coming from a creative household, I did a design studies degree. And when I left university as a grad, I joined a B2B technology company in their marketing department. And what was brilliant about that in those early years, and I'll be showing my age now, was that they were working on Bluetooth technology that was coming out of Japan, video calling for the first time. So as a young grad, I was getting exposed to all of this new emerging technology, but also working in their marketing department. We launched a new campaign and rebranded in the time that I was working in the department. And actually that insight into what it's like being a client has been invaluable mm. throughout my entire career because after I did my stint as a grad in that organization, I then went on to go and spend a decade in the creative industries in branding consultancies. And that empathy and understanding of what it's like being a client I feel so grateful that I had that experience so early in my career because that, that's just been such a powerful frame of reference for everything that I've done since then. A couple of pivotal points in, in, in the agency world was I remember pitching um, I got I was cutting my teeth as a senior account manager and got the opportunity to lead a pitch which was for a Swedish brand. And I remember a Swedish colleague of mine saying, oh, would you teach me some Swedish too so that I can introduce the pitch? And uh, she very kindly gave her some of my time and taught me how to introduce this pitch within Swedish to the Swedish client. And we went to Sweden, we did the pitch, I introduced it and we won the pitch. And that was such a pivotal moment for me in terms of going over and above thinking what it would be like for to be the client. And again, that's another kind of thread that has um, come throughout my whole career. I love that. After a decade in the creative industry, I wanted to go and do something different. So I trained to be a coach at that point. And I also discovered a tiny startup that was on a mission to teach the world to code. And met with the founders, absolutely fell in love with the proposition and joined that organization as a seventh employee to grow the business, to grow teams and really help rally the troops around this course for teaching the world to code. And that was back in 2012. 
And I think if you look at what's happened around technology just in the last sort of 10, 11 years, so much has changed, so much has accelerated over that time. But that was a phenomenal experience. I got to work with leaders of FTSE 100, Fortune 500, being the boardroom, teaching people about technology, really demystifying that whole space and empowering people about what's possible. And that, that organization was very much driven by mission and purpose and innovation and um, what a fantastic experience that was. And so when I left there uh, at the end of 2018, that's when I was ready to start my own journey. And I guess that full circle back to what I shared at the beginning around the pivotal year of 2019, because that really was the start point for me of Imagine Beyond and helping not only myself imagine beyond my current reality, but also helping other organisations and leaders to be able to do that. I love how, you know, it's it's when you sort of look back and you see all of those different threads and how they've kind of brought you to where you are now, that that focus on on the sort of the client experience, the the love of technology and and then just, yeah, bringing everything together. That's just wonderful. Yeah, what you were saying about the Atari as well, that really, I had exactly the same story with me and my sister and this Atari appearing in the house and us being absolutely obsessed and sort of staying at around about that time. So when you were a child, it was really interesting to hear about that, you know, that passion for uh, technology and, and creativity. When you were little, did you have an idea of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, that's such an interesting question, Wendy. I always wanted to be a teacher. And so much of what I do now involves a little bit of teaching, but that's the facilitation of conversations and realizations and all of those things. So, yeah, I remember when I was at primary school wanting to be a teacher and and so much of what I'm doing now is very much in that space. So, yeah. It really is. Yeah. And and did you have particular, well, it doesn't have to be teachers. Was there anyone really in particular that you looked up to or uh, admired when you were little? Yeah, I was really fortunate when I was growing up. I had quite a lot of mentors around me. So either my parents, friends or um, other adults that were around me that really helped to guide and uh, inform, but also support me along my career. And that's why I'm so deeply passionate about mentoring others now and have been a mentor on various different programs over the last 10 years and, and running them, but also being a mentor. And I just love being able to help others to be able to succeed identifying potential and also uh, really helping others to believe more than what they thought possible. And I think that comes back to the Imagine Beyond part. So much of us is limited by what we believe to be true. And actually, as mentors, we can often see those things that others might not, that, that others might not be able to see in themselves. And sometimes all we need is that little bit of belief to be able to springboard to get us to the next level. And and is there anyone, anyone in particular over your career who's who's maybe helped you to believe about yourself? Is there anyone who stands out who's who's influenced you? Yeah, many. So when I was a grad in that first organization, the marketing director, Martin, Martin Gedney, he really believed in me and gave me so many opportunities to go to Japan to present in front of really senior audiences loads of opportunities I never would have had prior to that and that real belief in 
what was possible. And I, and I really, really felt that. Others, I remember Steve Henry from Decoded, again, just a real champion, uh, but also amazing sounding board and innovator and support. More recently, Jo Taylor, she's um, an amazing founder who's developed a phenomenal business and she's been a great mentor to me in terms of uh, inspiration and also education as well. Um, Gemma Greaves, Crawford Hollingworth, like so many amazing, brilliant people I've been so fortunate to be supported through over the years. That's it's so nice to have that. And is there any advice that you'd give to someone who's just embarking on their career whether it's a similar career to yours or something completely different absolutely follow your curiosity I would say as somebody who's done two career pivots throughout my career from creativity into technology into people the curiosity part is really important because what piques our curiosity and our interest usually gives us clues usually links to the things that that are reflective of our strengths the things are natural innate gifts and talents it's all linked to those things also curiosity has energy behind it so it's a driving force it's motivation so I would say follow your curiosity pay attention to the things that pique your interests because they will give you clues to what's important to you and where you might want to go on your career And just remember that careers are, you know, 40 years, they can be four decades long. Just because you start somewhere doesn't mean to say that you're going to end up on that linear path, much like the work that Helen does in Squiggly Career on her podcast with you guys. Um, You know, it's so true. And so much of that is driven by curiosity and understanding who you are, what your strengths are. So that's my advice. Follow your curiosity. Brilliant advice. Thank you. And let's come back to leadership, Claire. So obviously this is a big key part of, mm. of, of what you do and how you work with leadership teams. So what does good leadership look like to you? Love that question, Tamara. Thank you. Good leadership. And we've we've all seen and experienced great and good leadership and everything else kind of in between on that spectrum. And I would say Good leadership, first of all, starts with knowing yourself. Who are you? What do you stand for? What's the impact that you want to create? What is what is the difference that you want to make in the world? And being really clear about that. It also, good leadership is about understanding what your strengths are. What's your nine out of 10? And what are the strengths of others? But also recognizing what your limitations are. Nobody is perfect. And so bringing in people that can complement what your strengths and filling the gaps around your limitations as leaders is really important. Another thing that I am deeply passionate about is understanding what motivates your people. You know, what is it that is going to energize them? What is it that is going to fill them with an abundance of creative flow, but also tapping into those unique gifts and talents? And when you when you're enabling to find that within people, being giving them recognition for it as well. Recognition is so powerful, and yet it's one of the most unused things that often leaders do, but it can have the most massive impact. You know, when we feel recognized for our contribution, we feel valued, we feel seen, we feel heard. And actually that 
taps into a deep human need that we all have to feel significant. So being able to recognize from a from an authentic place as a leader, I think I think is is really powerful. Some other things, if I may, that I believe are um, components of good leadership, vision and strategy, you know, take people on that journey, communicate with clarity around that, but also create environments of high trust and psychological safety. Those those environments enable us to not only feel like we've got each other's back, like we're all working together towards something, but it means that we can actually do things much quicker when we don't have trust within within teams and within organizations. It just slows everything mm. down. Um, people resist, they procrastinate, they delay. And so a great leader is somebody that creates an environment of high trust. So good decision-making. You know, there are lots of high stakes, really challenging decisions that need to be made at leadership level. So being good at making decisions is really important. Another really important component is having an entrepreneurial mindset, even if it's just a sprinkle of that. That ability to be able to turn problems and challenges into opportunities, finding a way through what can seemingly seem like lots of obstacles within the way. Actually, having a creative entrepreneurial mindset is really key in leadership, especially now over the last couple of years, what we've all had to go through and so much uncertainty on the road ahead. Being able to turn those problems and challenges into opportunities is key. I love that. And actually, on the uncertainty point, I want to well, actually, do you know what? Just I'd love to dig in a little bit more about resilience because it was something you said earlier about, you know, you made this pivot, you had to sort of change direction and essentially sort of built everything from scratch again. Yeah. What What have you learned about yourself over the last few years um, since starting the company? <laughs> so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a small question at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most impactful thing that I've learned is that when you believe you can do something, you absolutely can, and that your mindset is everything. And also the work that I do with clients, so much of what gets in the way is around mindset. And mm. when you start your own business, my goodness, there's so many different things that you're having to make decisions for, come up against, overcome, you know, and it takes a hell of a lot of resilience to be able to keep going. And so much of that has to come from the belief that you are doing the right thing, that this is what you are meant to do. And so the belief part is really important. Another thing that I've learned about myself is that I never really take the easy route through something I always take what is going to be probably the most challenging but actually what I've learned is that is often the best route because you learn so much not just about yourself but also through what you're going through that that insight and that wisdom always is so valuable coming through the other side because those are the things that you can share with others the the frame of reference that you can that you can bring that really um helps to enrich experiences and and learnings as well and i know that obviously we've known each other for a number of years and and i know that yeah. we've talked about this before about the importance of emotional intelligence in in high performing leaders and 
I, yeah. That's a bit of a passion area for, for you. But can you share with, with the listeners just a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So early in my career, I was I was always told that I over-indexed on emotional intelligence. And at times that wasn't necessarily valued, but there was a part of me that always knew that understanding myself and understanding others when you're within a work environment and outside of work is sometimes even more important because especially as we work so much more collaboratively now, we can't do anything by ourselves in terms of work. Everything is a collaborative process. And so understanding what's going on for you, you know, what, what, what's going on from an emotional perspective, your triggers, like how you're showing up in terms of those things and being able to articulate those emotions, but also recognize what's happening for you is key. Also understanding the impact that you have on others from your behaviors and actions, because if you don't have that regulation, that self-regulation to not just react to things because something has frustrated or angered you or not gone your way, whatever it is, you know, having that self-regulation is really key and, and taking a pause and recognizing when, when you need to do that, but also understanding your impact on others. So your actions and behaviours, what does that positively and negatively do to other people? And then the final part around emotional intelligence and that self-awareness piece is really from your own frame of reference in terms of knowing what's going on for you, being able to then read others. And mm. as a leader, it's really important to be able to pick up on those subtle clues and cues which is much harder within a virtual environment but but the more that you understand yourself the more that you're able to pick up on those subtleties because often what people say (laughs) vocally might not be what's actually coming across in the non-verbal body language and as I'm sure you'll know the way that we communicate the huge proportion of how we interpret communication is through nonverbal. I think it's something like 55% of nonverbal communication is how we communicate. 38% is our tone of voice. And I think 7% or something is the actual words that we use. So as human beings, we are naturally tuned into that nonverbal. And that trumps what's being said any day of the week, for sure. So being able to pick up on those nuances is really important as a leader, not only for understanding yourself, but also to be able to influence better, to be able to lead better, to build stronger relationships. I think it's so, so important to be able to develop those skills. And it's a lifelong quest. (laughs) I think human beings are complex creatures. And so um, it, it will be a lifelong quest around those types of things. And it's, it's something that we've all had to adapt to over the years when, particularly when we're using like camera. Um, yeah. obviously the, the, the listeners can hear us, but we can see each other. And, and it's like yeah. that ability to sort of keep that eye contact by looking in the camera. It's like we've all had to adjust to that, uh, body yeah. language, haven't we? Definitely. Actually, you, you, you picked up on that, that, you know, this is uh, something that you're always going to be focused on, but do you have a life mission or like a purpose? Again, just a small question, Claire. <laughs> What's your life purpose? (laughs) It's such a difficult question to answer, but if I try and chunk it down, there are are two things. One is to share what I have learned 
and will continue to learn because I'm a lifelong learner, share my knowledge to empower others, whether that's individually, teams, organisations. But beyond that, it's also around helping people to understand themselves better, whether that is an individual or a team and the impact that that has on an organisation. I think that having come from you know, early in my teenage years, that absolute desire to want to understand why we do the things that we do, I think that will never leave me in terms of that mission and purpose um, and helping others to go on that journey too. Fantastic. Lovely. Very well, very well described and concise. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to move on to um, a bit of the, I was going to say where we get a bit more personal, but I think actually <laughs> we've already been quite personal. Um, so let's, let's see where this takes us. So what's your idea of a perfect weekend? My perfect weekend would have to combine adventure with my family either going to new places or discovering new things. It absolutely, I mean, I'd love it if there was some sunshine involved in that. Um, maybe some friends as well, some music, love a bit of music. Uh, some deep conversations about life. As you probably gathered from what I've shared with you today, I'm really fascinated about humanity, uh, the impact of technology in relation to that and, and thinking creatively. So I, I, my perfect weekend would have to include some sort of deep conversation that puts the world to rights around all of those things. And if I could have a tiny little pocket of time just for me in that weekend where I can do some reading, where I can gather some inspiration and insight around things, connect the dots in different ways. That would be my absolute perfect weekend. <laughs> that does sound lovely. How would you fare in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> so <laughs> what I would do in a zombie apocalypse is I would make friends with the zombies by listening to them, by understanding their challenges, by hearing what is going on for them, why they want to create this apocalypse and take over the world. And from that... And eat your brain. <laughs> from that understanding, hopefully, create a community that is built on their beliefs and values where they have a much more happy, <laughs> joyful existence. <laughs> oh, I'd love it if 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 that's how it would work with you in charge. Honestly, bring it on. Thank you. I don't, we've never had that answer before. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you could be remembered for just one thing, what would it be? Again, it's a really hard question. But when I sort of, when I synthesize it down, if I was remembered for one thing, it would have to be bringing the sunshine. That's what love I want it. to be remembered for. Yeah. We need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> and do you have a secret talent that not many people know about? So I think it's probably my ability to listen and connect the dots between things because I like to explore things at quite a deep level, see beyond. I love just being able to connect the dots and create new insights from that. So I'd say that's probably my secret talent. Wonderful. And how would your friends describe you? My friends would say Claire is really warm, always has a hug <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a big smile to greet them with. Fun. 
I love adventure and fun and passionate. I am deeply passionate about the things that I really care about and love and I'm interested and curious. So I, I think that's how they would describe me. Fantastic. And what gives you joy in life, either in or out of work? Yeah, my son, my family, my partner, friends, making a difference. Human connection, actually, at the heart of all of that is human connection, genuine human connection with awesome, beautiful human beings. That's what gives me joy. Yeah, fills my cup for sure. Amazing. Claire, I can't tell you how much we've been looking forward to having you on on the podcast. Is there anything that we didn't cover? Anything that you wish we'd asked? (laughs) Or otherwise, I'm just going to let you have the sort of the the closing thoughts and and say whatever you want? Well, first of all, I've loved all the questions you've asked me. So thank you for such a broad spectrum of different topics that we've covered. It's been a real joy to be able to navigate all of that with you. And my closing remarks are a, a huge heartfelt thank you for the opportunity to come and share my story and give a bit of a window into the mindset of me. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to do that. You've been listening to Genuine Humans, brought to you by The Social Element. If you loved what you heard, remember to subscribe or you can find out more at www.thesocialelement.agency.